surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. And challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. What here supposes up, Buzzy? The surf, Duke. Welcome to Surf Kings of Gotham, the only podcast we're aware of that bask in the warm technicolor glow of sitcom vigilanteism, which is Batman 67. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Brady. And today, we're watching Season 2, Episode 53, King Tut's Coup. This episode directed by returning James B. Clark. And teleplay by Stanley Ralph Ross, also returning. He's written some good ones. This is over a story by Leo Townsend and Pauline Townsend. Original air date, March 8th, 1967. And as you might could tell from the title, the special guest villain is King Tut, as played by Victor Buono. Our one-sentence Wikipedia summary says, King Tut kidnaps a socialite believing her to be the reincarnation of Cleopatra, tries to drown Batman, who is locked in a sarcophagus, way to spoil it, and makes plans to boil Robin in oil. All one giant run-on sentence. Man, that... uh, Spoiler alert, Wikipedia. I wonder what's going to happen. Well, now I know. Yeah. Well, I guess that does it for another episode of Surf Kings Gotham. As always, you can follow us on Facebook. Bye, everybody! Wait, we're not doing that? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks. That could be what a podcast where we just read <laughs> where we just read Wikipedia. <laughs> like, Except I haven't sometimes I haven't I donated my to look up the plot of a movie because I don't want to watch the whole thing and I'm like, Jesus, this is like the length of a Russian novel. They should get the person who wrote that summary to just write all synopses. Uh, that's what I use Ryan George's pitch meetings for. That's how I decide whether or not I want to see something. <laughs> also helpful yeah if i go to wikipedia look up a movie and it has like five or ten paragraphs about the plot i'm like oh god no no look i just wanted i wanted like annette funicello goes to the beach period that's the whole plot <laughs> yeah well i like sometimes i like the long descriptions because it makes me feel like i'm an expert in a movie i've never seen yeah, I never read all those. I'm just like, oh, God, I can't imagine sitting through this. Well, it's reading all those that then makes me feel guilty because right now they're in fundraising mode. Yeah. And so I keep getting the, hey, you're stealing from the universe if you read this without paying. Batman why don't you donate? stop me if it's a real crime. Yeah, but why don't the, there's, again, you could donate $2.75 Canadian. And I'm like, hey, that's literally nothing why would you even that's not even worth your time for asking what's that gonna pay for like a 12th of the percentage of the cost to host this one page not yeah not even not even one consonant in a bowl of alphabet soup (laughs) that's a throwback to last episode listeners (laughs) that's right well i guess we should get started with this episode 
it's, uh, it's a new stupid. it is but also a little creepy oh in god the beginning. by the end king tut's just making noises and it's deeply unsettling yeah well we start off here at the beginning it's a new semester at yale university which apparently is in gotham city yeah, I thought and, it was in Massachusetts, but apparently it's in make-believe New York. Okay, sure. Yeah. And so, what's his name? What's King Tut's name when he's a professor? I don't even remember. I never remember that. I just call him Victor Buono because I can't tell the difference between fantasy and reality. I like that. Well, he's in the process here. He's He's the portly professor of Egyptology, and he's... Luring two 45-year-old students <laughs> out into the forest or something? I'm not really sure where they are. You can tell he's tenured because he pretty much doesn't, he doesn't have a class if he can't convince these two guys to do it this semester. Yeah, and he's like, you're husky, football players or something. One of them is an and, old black man. Yeah, they're both old. On this show. Yeah, and he's got lines and everything. <laughs> Several. And... Yeah, and they're, so they're, he's like, again, luring them somewhere on campus by themselves to, again, I don't want to know. And they start asking him questions like, hey, wait a minute, uh, aren't you uh, aren't you that guy that thinks he's King Tut reincarnated? I read about you in the paper. Isn't your superpower some sort of head injury? Yeah. And he's like, well, yes, but I can assure you that I'm just here to molest you. I'm not... I'm not here for any kind of other, you know, serious crime. You two strapping young men look like you're on the football team. Ringers on the football team. <laughs> yeah. I see you're wrapping and... up your NFL career and turning back to college once again. <laughs> yeah, back to school. You got yourself injured and now you're got to go back to school. Knees aren't any good, eh? College is the place for you. Speaking of your knees, let's get back to why we're really out here. And then all of a sudden in this forest, there's a, I don't know, like a painter or something on a building. I didn't really catch what falls, but he knocks over a couple of things, uh, like cans of paint, we'll say. And they fall on these two guys' heads and they start like worshiping, praising him as King Tut. Yeah, just and he's like, oh, brain damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and they're just. It's 60s but, TV, so it's amazing that they didn't immediately forget who they were and were like, why am I at college? I'm 49 years old. Yeah, exactly. That's how amnesia works Yeah, in, in television. But instead, he's like, oh, and then before he can even say anything, uh, a third, again, can of paint or whatever falls on his head now. And he becomes King Tut again, and these guys are worshipping him. So it's like, wow, triple head trauma for the win. Yeah, and by the third time with King Tut, it ain't going well. Because he makes this face that's like, Jesus Christ, are you bleeding internally? Yeah. It's also worth noting that King Tut had a special hat made that he wears around and looks like an idiot. It's like a bowler hat, but it has a hard hat shell inside. Kind of like uh, the ice cream thing where you pour the chocolate over and it seals. Sort of like that, but in hat form. Um, right. He takes this off to show these 40-something-year-old college students his cool hat, and that's why he ends up with an internal brain bleed. Yes, that is correct. And it's so not now good. That... I mean, he's like, his his like chin is like off to the side, and his eyes are crossed, and he's like, hey, hey, hey. 
like, is King Tut going to be the villain, or is this just keeping a like, follow up on how he died? Yeah, yeah, they're really they make it more sad than scary at this point. Yes. Uh, it's almost so like now... Joker had been like, "You want to know how I got these scars?" And then instead of telling you, he was like, "Now I can't enjoy alphabet soup; it just slips out of my mouth." And you're like, "God, why did you get to show me?" <laughs> yeah, or it was a really sad story, and and then he asks you for money. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's uh, it's awful. I could rob a bank, but I don't like going out in public because of all the slobber. Can I borrow two dollars <laughs> and seventy-five cents Canadian? Uh, yeah, please. Like, oddly specific and low number, <laughs> Joker. Yeah, that's how they get you. Say, so, <laughs> uh, never mind. So they go and steal a sarcophagus. From and... a guard who just kind of watches them. He's like, hey, what are you guys? You look like that King Tut guy. Are you King Tut? Oh, God. Like, you should have just made them stop or pulled a gun or something. He just talks to them for a while. And yeah. it's like, why, you look like that King Tut I've heard about. Yeah. And then he's like, holy crap, a black guy. And then yeah. he gets hit and on the head. But he doesn't pull his gun, even though it's 1967. Yeah, they, maybe they didn't catch on to that trick yet, or he's not really a police officer. So, like, none of this they... passes the smell test. <laughs> pew pew. So, yeah, they bonk him on the head, but he just gets knocked unconscious. He doesn't turn into a super villain or anything. Uh, it requires top of the head head injury to turn into a super villain. Uh, that's, yeah. You had to get hit right on the soft spot. That's some that's some good science work you're doing over there <laughs> in, in the world of head trauma and CTE. <laughs> so the next scene is in Commissioner Gordon's office. I'm like, oh, a sarcophagus, a sarcophagus has been stolen. We need to call Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And he says, Chief you know what this means? Only one man can help us now. And Chief O'Hara is like, Batman? No, Bruce Wayne of all fucking people. That idiot yeah. we know. <laughs> He's like, oh, what? And he says, well, because he's the King Toga wearer of the Egypt Toga party that's coming up. No, no, no. He's the head of the Egyptology department for some reason. He's going to be at the Egyptian costume ball. Cut to Bruce Wayne dressed up like a Greek dude. Yeah. Because again, yeah, he's because he's Bruce is an idiot. <laughs> Nothing says Egypt like Julius Caesar. Yeah. So. That's his plan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's dressed up like a Roman. And I said Greek, but Roman. Dick is dressed up like a Spartan because, of course, he is. That's totally the thing he would do. He probably, like, drives around on one of those giant trucks with, like, a little Spartan sticker on the back. He's like, I hate immigrants. Topical. <laughs> uh, better not run into no black guy. Yeah. Um yeah, they're so they're pre like they're like trying on their costumes, I guess. Uh, Harriet's there, the whole deal. Alfred comes in and he says, uh, "Master Wayne, Commissioner Gordon's on the phone for you in the in the study." Uh, and there's just like a moment of, "Uh oh, time for a home for Alfred." <laughs> he just spilled the beans. 
Oh no, not Alfred. We'll have to put him down now. Yeah. Yeah, because they're just how could uh, uh so he goes and takes the call and he's like, No dummy, there's a real phone call for you on the normal phone. I'm smarter and healthier than both of you. It's the real damn phone. Just pick it up. Leave me alone. Exactly. Like, hey, I wish I would have gone with the Green Hornet now. If they had told me, hey, Alfred, want to go to an Egyptian costume ball? I wouldn't be dressed like Julius fucking Caesar. Answer the phone. <laughs> uh, yes. So he chats on the phone with Commissioner Gordon here. He's uh yeah, so a sarcophagus has been stolen. Uh do you know it's from the thirteenth century. Do you know uh anything about that time period? And he's like, Well, that would be King Tut's time period. And he says, Oh, I was afraid of that. And Bruce Wayne <laughs> says, Yeah, saying the real answer, which is no. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, I guess uh I guess we better call uh call Batman. He says, yeah, good idea. Mr. Gordon has this weird line where he tells Chief O'Hara that Bruce advised him to call Batman, and he's like, the rich know things, you know. They didn't become rich <laughs> because they're stupid. Bruce became <laughs> rich because his fucking parents got shot. <laughs> That's right. That's Life the insurance. whole of this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he calls, and immediately the exact same voice that he was just talking to answers the other phone. He's yeah. like, yeah, it's me, Batman. Uh, let me guess. King Tut just stole the sarcophagus. And he's like, oh, that Batman's like a mind reader. Again, Batman's a wizard. Yeah. Uh, That's how he so, runs with Superman. That's how they're equals. Superman's from a planet far beyond human imagination or whatever. Batman's magical. Yeah. And speaking of magic, they're going to slide down the bat poles and immediately change clothes which is magic and fantastic uh, in commissioner gordon's office now discussing the crime uh, i love here batman switches he says something he's like uh so he well when he gets hit in the head he metamorphosizes to and then mm -hmm. can see that o'hara is an idiot so he's <laughs> he like i no mean changes <laughs> yeah so he's, so he's, he says, uh, I mean, changes. And then O'Hara's like, ah, oh, yes, oh, yeah. quite, mm, quite. Mm, <laughs> I think we're I on the same part. page now, Batman. Get me? Yes. <laughs> that was so great. Uh, but they haven't found any clues. Picture book. <laughs> no clues have been found. Um, they get a phone call and... A famed Middle Mid East Middle Eastern pantomimist was just found beaten in his hotel room. His last name is Sphinx. Fual Sphinx. Sphinx. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is like there being a famed African American pantomimist whose name is Johnny Negro. His name would not be Sphinx. <laughs> That's so stupid. Yeah, I don't understand. Why so... would he call himself that? And who's a pantomimist? And also the way Commissioner Gordon said it was fantastic. It was almost like Batman quality, you know? He's a pantomimist. Like he doesn't know how to say the word. They don't know a lot of words between the two of them. They probably have like a vocabulary of, you know, 20 or 30 words that they kind of know. Yeah. 
I don't read much living in my office here. <laughs> I'm not allowed out much because the mayor's put a special censure on me not to embarrass the city. It's best if I lay low because if they realize how stupid I am, I might get fired. Yeah. Which comes up later. Yes. Uh, so King Tut's hideout now is in the, <laughs> is in the Pyramid Club. A shuttered roadhouse in an underdeveloped suburb. suburb. Yeah. Which yeah. is fantastic. Bruce, or Batman later says that exact line. He says, I guess we'll go find King Tut at his hideout in the shuttered roadhouse in the underdeveloped suburb. And and then when they get there, the sign says shuttered. Shuttered. Ro- <laughs> yeah. Here's uh, your so Wilker full of Emmys. Enjoy. Yeah. So in the hideout here, they discuss this upcoming uh, Egyptian ball where uh, Lisa Carson, the daughter of Johnny, will be at the party dressed as Cleopatra, escorted by Julius Caesar, who is none other than Bruce Wayne himself. I so hope when King Tut pulled out that newspaper that had his object of his affection, whatever, whatever he called her on it, I was like, please be Aunt Harriet. Please be Aunt Harriet. Please be Aunt Harriet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, never gets he, so Cooper, he, it seems will be Cleopatra tonight. <laughs> uh, never mind. Yeah, it's also there's a there's little a bit of jealousy of here. looking off from the camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, his his mall here, whatever she is, his lady is like, uh, what? But if you kidnap another lady, what are you even gonna need me for? And he's like, I wondered the same thing because she doesn't buy any of this shit. She's pretty smart mouth. She's like, oh yeah, you know your weird obese Egyptian thing you do? Okay. Yeah, and he just tells her to shut up. Like, he can't find a mall that respects him at all. No, well he is hard to respect. He does Because he doesn't respect himself. That's what we, we learned a lesson here today. And the real malls are the friends we make along the way. So, <laughs> or the gossip columnists who suddenly pop out of windows. Yeah, yeah. The, he he does say silence tutlings here, which is great. Tutlings, tutlings is yeah. But then yes, we get a bat climb uh, at the hotel where they're going to to check on uh, Mister Sphinx. A lady who uh, looks and we get like, uh, like the like somebody you would see in like a. 1980s boutique poster pops out of a window and she's like oh hello yeah and they recognize her right away and like wow Susie Knickerbocker and then they have some gossipy little chat here uh I did look her up uh she was a gossip columnist active from 1950 to like 19 no, like 2000 something. I can't remember that now. She was active as a gossip columnist for a really long time. Her real name was uh, Eileen something. Uh, yeah, until 2005. Is actually, her pin name. It's not just the name they call her on the show. I looked yeah, her up. She too. started. Aha! Aha! Oh, yeah. Active from 1950 to 2005. She was a gossip columnist, which after. 55 years in the uh in the gossip business you got to be tired by the end of that and yeah. also old because she was born in 1918 so by 2005 
her gossip has got to be like, well, she showed her ankles that trollop or something. Yeah, you know, I, I, I feel really like it was be... like she has no idea who was like who was uh, who was around at the time. I, I mean, I don't either, so I can't really give you an example. But I hope she was like, oh, perhaps, and like much like me is like doesn't know any names, so she's like, Mademoiselle Lady Popular will be caught with her ankles showing at the gala. And people were like, they really need to get her to retire soon. Yeah. Did, did you read the bit where there was controversy in like the 80s where she was accused by a rival of just making shit up? And she was like, no, but that's amazing. And I love that. Yeah. She was writing about parties like she had been there, but she hadn't been there. Because and she's she was like, like 82. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, whatever. This is just entertainment. <laughs> I want to read her something stuff now. From 1970, yeah, based on this, forward, it's all utter horseshit. <laughs> it's just totally based on, made up. <laughs> based on this, this window cameo, I don't want to read anything she's done. But again, she was very popular for a very long time. So I was at the local cool. Egyptian costume party with my friends Abe Lincoln and Jesus. Yes, <laughs> uh, Batman was there. That. Yeah, she should write all of her stuff from from the perspective of Batman. That would have made more sense. <laughs> so they climb up into the hotel room now, and the police officer's like, "Yeah, hey, we left everything just as you and Commissioner Gordon instructed. Uh, they sure did. The guy that they're there to chat with, the victim of this crime, is tied up with a noose, and yeah, they didn't take it off him. Room, trying to strangle to death. Good job, yeah. GCPD. Yeah, teetering on a rickety stool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't try to help him at all, because I follow the letter of the law, not the spirit. So they, it's like, yeah, hey, there's a note on him in, in, in the shape of a scroll. And they open it up, and it's 1300s dialect, uh, so we can't do this. We got to go to the Batcave. And yep. he's like, hey, 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 do you mind untying me? Uh, this is a precarious situation I find myself in. Yeah. And you they're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Untie that guy so he doesn't die. Batman's like, I'm headed off to get Chet GPT to write my paper for me. <laughs> Which it does. This is pretty cool. This electronic translator they're using has like a screen that displays words on it. It's not just a random piece of paper that they have to make up gibberish about. In Bruce Wayne's That's... voice. Yeah, it was great. Which means that Bruce spent a good solid weekend or two reading every word in the dictionary. <laughs> probably but also so the the note here says something about his like idiot sidekick or something <laughs> and robin's like hey it's me he's like he's all excited me. to be like like when you're a kid and you get a letter in the mail you're very excited <laughs> to get mail that's he's there uh, that's him he remembered me yeah so they call gordon to let him in on the plan sidekick. <laughs> that's right what a political liability uh <laughs> They call Gordon, and Gordon is hilarious here. He's like, hmm, mm-hmm, ah, hmm, like pretending like he understands, and then he's oh, like, oh, yeah. what, what, what does it mean? Like, okay, so there's gonna something's gonna go down at this uh, Egyptian party. Uh, O'Hara, take your seven best officers and send them in, dressed in dressed in the garb. Send them in undercover, and he's like. Oh, me seven best officers dressed as heathens? Oh, saints preserve us. Yeah, Which so what happens you... in this scene is 
an old man turns to the Lucky Charms leprechaun and says, according to something called a computer, you should be at this location. And then the Lucky Charms leprechaun clicks his heels, giggles, and disappears. <laughs> Basically. Um, he says. Yeah. So then we go back to King Tut's uh, dilapidated pyramid shuttered roadhouse and he reveals he sent a King Tut costume to the deputy mayor because Mayor Linseed is on one of his uh, ladyboy trips to Thailand. Yeah, he says he's on one of his visits to the Asian front, which means that Mayor Linseed went to Vietnam. I'm sure they really appreciate that. In the middle of a failing military campaign, here's some idiot mayor from the dumbest city in town. Or maybe he's getting a mail-order bride or getting a hand job at a massage parlor or something. That's what I assumed they meant. But anyway, <laughs> he's out of town. the American cause? Um, by that, do you mean buy several boys? <laughs> yes, quite. Then yes. Yay, democracy. Yeah. So, so the acting, so the deputy mayor is acting as the mayor, and King Tut sent him a King Tut costume to wear to the party. So you know shenanigans are going to be afoot. Yeah. Uh, so then at the party, Bruce Wayne is there being Bruce Wayne, of course. Uh, the police are there with their white socks uh, underneath their, their robes, showing that they're foolish. Yeah. Don't understand undercover work. Because they're poorly dressed. Yeah. Uh, the deputy mayor does show up looking suspiciously like King Tut. Uh, so he's immediately arrested and taken back to police headquarters. The deputy mayor, uh, a confused sack of shit, similar to King Tut. Yeah, basically. And then he's he's angry, though. He's like, whoa, whoa, uh, uh, look at me. I'm the deputy mayor. And Gordon and O'Hara are like, oh, shit. He's and then he's like, back to trash collecting. Yeah, well, that's what I, I was like. That's okay. You guys did good work being observant or whatever. So he kind of changes his tune. He's like, but you better not let it happen again. And I was like, yeah, O'Hara, you'll make chief for this. He's like, oh, but Deputy Mayor, I already am chief. Ah, quiet, O'Hara, I'll bust you down to chief so fast it'll make your head spin. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and here that old man friend of yours is too. I'm the commissioner. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Pretty so sure because O'Hara of the, pol- the commissioner. So, so because all these police officers left to arrest the wrong guy, then the goons step in and they trick Bruce Wayne into thinking they're the police that are undercover. He's like, hey, yeah. Bruce, the Bruce Wayne. The worst possible stage whispers ever. Like one guy, like, he doesn't, instead of covering his mouth, he like puts his hand up near his stomach and he's like, we're the police. What is that doing? Yeah. And he's like, I know. That's the best part. They're not the police. But he's like, I know who you are. Of course you're the police. Even that black guy, which is completely unreasonable. Yeah, that wouldn't happen in this city, but sure, I'm going to go with it. Bruce is so easy to trick. That's what I wrote down. Uh, So the police are like like, busy trying to figure out where he he is and what's happening and if he should do like an over-the-top southern accident. So he can't keep track of things (laughs) like who the police are. Yeah, And, and they do say this. So they're like, hey, do me a favor. Get Cleopatra there to dance with King Tut and then she'll steer him over towards those other police officers and we can arrest them without a scene. He's like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. And then Cleopatra dances with him. And then, of course, all those police are goons and they just kidnap her. And Bruce Wayne's like, I've done a good thing. Time to go home for a nap. 
And then the real police show up and they say, hey, uh, where's Cleopatra? And he's like, the police took her. And like, but we're the police. And he's like, oh, no. Wayne, you idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, well, better get out of here then. I did like, I say like, I was greatly disturbed by the whole part where King Tut goes up to Cleopatra and he like walks across the room and they mic him the entire time going, <laughs> and then he stands in front of her, staring at her and going, what, what, why are you doing this? Why was this a choice you made? Yeah, just a creepy homeless situation. Yeah. He's like, woman. And like, people were like, okay, so we need to put Timmy to bed instead of finishing this Batman because I think it's about to take a turn to snuff film territory. <laughs> yeah. But thankfully, they just, that ends quickly. Uh, the next scene is in the yeah. Bat Cave. Yeah. The next scene is in the Bat Cave. And he's like, good thing I put a tracking device on, uh, on Cleopatra. Let's follow it. Oh. They're in the uh, looks the like they're in the Pyramid Roadhouse. Club. In yeah, the a shuttered Roadhouse in an yeah, exactly. That's what they say. So there, let's go save her. And then they cut to that Pyramid Club, and she's like, "I told you, I'm not Cleopatra." What's wrong with like, you? Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Yes, you are Cleopatra. You're dressed like Cleopatra." She's like, "But this is a costume. I'm really Johnny Carson's daughter, Lisa, and..." I don't think you should do this to me. And he's like, oh, really? Well, uh, to the dungeon with thee. I get that it's a dumb pun, but I'm really hoping that she actually is Johnny Carson's daughter and that Johnny Carson and Doc Severinsen come to team up with Batman and Robin next episode. That would be delicious. So they pull up to the shuttered, shuttered roadhouse in the underdeveloped suburb. And <laughs> the sign says so, so they know they're in the right place. Batman's like, you wait here, Robin. I'm going to climb up to the roof and look in. So up he goes. And then Robin's like hanging around outside the door. The door forcefully opens and hits him. And then he's immediately captured by uh, the two college students, the two former college students, uh, one of whom is a jive-talking voiceover. Yeah. The door hit Did you see that? I was amused. The door hit Robin. And then as they're shuffling him inside... Uh, you can't see their face. All of a sudden, there's like a random voiceover that's like, you know, that honky mofo been messing my old lady. Got to be running cold upside down his head, man. Yes. Like it's the jive talking guy from Airplane, uh, yes. completely voiced over because they didn't give him. Any, and they're like, oh, we should give that guy a line. We should have given that guy a line. Instead, let's have the white guy who runs the camera come say his lines for him. Oh, you just <laughs> committed a hate crime. Wonderful. Oh. Good thing yeah. it's 1967. <laughs> yeah, those haven't been invented yet. Yeah. So they haul Robin, the captured Robin, and bring him in front of their king, the aforementioned King Tut. And he's like, ah, ha, ha, Robin, we've, hey, wait a minute. If Robin is here, that means the, the cowled creep must be here, too. He's not allowed to roam loose by himself. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And... Calling someone a cowled creep to me sounds like fighting words. And it where does. words sound yeah. And when words sound like fighting words, it's time for a fight. And when it's time for a fight, it's time for the Surf Kings of Gotham. Fight words recap. Sims does sound like fighting words. During this shuttered club clubbering, 
we get <laughs> WAP, Vronk, Pow, Zam, Oof, and Slop. This has been your Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. This wasn't wasn't much of a fight. No. It was clearly a we're out of time, folks, type of thing. Like yeah. we gotta wrap it up here. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens for sure. Uh they like that's it. Tie up these two. Let's take him into the death trap room and see what kind of horrible death trap we've got in store for them this week. Let's see what shit I'll come up with this time. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it is. They put Batman it's, in the sarcophagus. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And they just lock him in a sarcophagus and then throw him in a in some water. And it's gonna slowly sink, and it's a, it's like there's a little bubble bubble bat poem thing that I didn't bother writing down because it was late when I watched this, and it didn't. It seem wasn't worth it. writing down. Yeah, no. Like King Tut's making references to like fourteen different things. Like some of it's kind of like Shakespeare, some of it's like something else. Like it's clearly just random. It's as random as the way that he keeps doing weird W.C. Fields impressions throughout the episode. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna. I made a note of that too. Uh, it was yeah it was dumb each time he gets a head injury it manifests in a new and unique way yeah yeah there's not much to it i i feel bad he's he's more sad than scary like i said he's yeah, yeah. this or time he does touch. weird quotes and wc feels <laughs> next yeah, time he'll, feel... he'll like seeing the chorus of monkey's songs and pinky's garfield each time it's slightly <laughs> different yeah he'll be He'll be riding a doghouse pretending he's the Red Baron. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, I guess so that's, that's it. our death trap. So we have our te- our death cliffhanger. Death cliffhanger. I'm an idiot. We have our cliffhanger text. It appears to be a death worse than fate. But I'm not as big of an idiot as the person who wrote that. Batman has been in sticky situations before, but never like this. And what of Robin, who's fit to be tied? Is this Batman's Waterloo? Tune in tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel, at your own risk. I feel like they've said something's Batman's Waterloo before. Maybe. I think that, I hope that's the basis of the ABBA song, was this episode of (laughs) Batman, not the actual Waterloo. That's what I think. What if we wrote a song about Batman drowning? (laughs) Ooh. Uh yes. Take a chance on me is based on the odds <laughs> of being strangled to death by Robin on a date. <laughs> Dancing Queen is about Ian Harriet. It all comes together. Oh my goodness. We're on to something there. Stay tuned next time for Abacast. Batman was very, very popular in Sweden. Yeah. It's really just a lot of Bruce Wayne like made up bullshit about Sweden, and then we mentioned the ABBA songs we know. <laughs> uh, delightful. You're not going to want to miss the next episode of that, folks. They also have a song called Fernando, which is probably about Alfred. It's possible. They're having, or Jose Jimenez that came out of the window that time. The really yeah. racist thing, you know, the, by the white guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was almost as racist as calling an Egyptian, co- what I assume is a comedian, not sure what a pantomimist is, calling an Egyptian comedian Johnny Spinks, wherever it was. 
Yeah, that's true. Or or uh, Chief Screaming Chicken. Yeah. I'm going to go to the comedy funny. club tonight and see Don Brown, dude. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Well, if you have any I guess socials they can follow for no reason. Absolutely. As always, you can follow us on Facebook at Surf Kings of Gotham, on YouTube at Surf Kings of Gotham, on Twitter and Instagram at our show on shows, or of course, our show on shows. Dot com. I really wanted to do like a like the screaming guy from Wayne's World Two that Harry Shearer sort of played there, and be like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but there was no need for that. So I just thought I would describe my my impulse. Yeah, that's that's good. I like that. And then yeah. people can imagine it in their heads instead yeah. of hearing it. Yeah, delightful. And it turns out Ted McGingley was really doing the scream. Is that guy still alive? Ted McGingley? Yeah. Yeah, he's still alive. He was on Happy Days and Married with Children. Married with Children was the first show that his being recast on didn't lead to immediate cancellation. No, because he was, yeah. Brought a different vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. What Ted McGingley's great. Maybe we can get great. him to come out at the end of this season and talk about the show. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't have like 50 dogs. Yeah, he can be like, I don't know much about this outside of what I vaguely recall watching when I was a kid, but yeah, Batman. Uh, you don't want to talk about my career at all? We certainly don't. Anyway, what do you <laughs> think about King Tut? Delightful. Well, until next time, when we sort of coast to a smooth stop at the train station, bye, everybody. Bye, Dr. Nick. Sir, King of Gotham.